according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. And Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice and said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. When the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. school as a, a kid at the time of the first Earth Day in 1970. And I have memories of being, of hearing about things that frightened me at the time, namely predictions about what would happen to the world during my lifetime. You can look them up online, but let me give you a few. One famous biologist, Paul Ehrlich, predicted that between 1980 and 1989, four billion people would die of famine. An ecologist named Kenneth Watt predicted that by the year 2000, there would be no more crude oil on the planet. And that same ecologist also predicted a coming ice age and that the world would be 11 degrees colder in the year 2000. How did that all work out? In fact, the world population grew by about a billion people between 1980 and 1989, and we now have the lowest rate of hunger in the world history. Last week, 20 years after we were supposed to run out of oil, I filled up my car at Costco for a buck 93 a gallon, and we currently have the highest volume of oil reserves in the history of the world. And global cooling? That's interesting because a current U.S. Congresswoman from the Bronx recently claimed that the world will end in 12 years because of global warming. We'll see how that works out. But doesn't it seem that so many people seem to have an interest in making us afraid? Whether it's news of economic, environmental, or man-made disasters, fear is something with which we're constantly confronted. Even today, we hear of the threat of the new coronavirus and we're called to be fearful of going into crowded places, hugging our friends, or even receiving the Holy Eucharist. To that, Jesus tells us today, 
don't be afraid. Me phobiste in Greek, don't have a phobia. Why? For three reasons. Number one, God has a plan. Number two, it will not be easy. And number three, it will end in glory. The plan of God is presented to us each second Sunday of Lent in the plan that God gave to Abraham. Each of the three monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, trace themselves to the call of Abraham by God. Go forth from your land, God tells Abraham today, to a land that I will show you. Historically, this journey took Abraham from the ancient city of Ur, in what is now Iraq, to the promised land of Canaan, which is modern-day Israel. And the Lord told him, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Out of Abraham's call by God came the Jewish people, the children of Israel. That's what we call Abraham, our father in faith. And Abraham faced many hardships during his 700-mile journey, but he remained faithful to God, who was faithful to Abraham. Each of us was also called by God. From our baptism to our first hearing of the gospel, the good news, we have been called on a journey. It's symbolized by this Lenten journey. It's our journey through life. During it, we're called to listen to God and to be faithful because God is always faithful to us. And we have the same destination. It's not Canaan or Israel but it is a place that God has promised us. Is this journey through life easy? Wasn't easy for Abraham, wasn't easy for Jesus. Should we think it will be easy for us? Probably not. Our lives are filled with hardships. Work can be tedious, we're often hungry and thirsty and sleepy, we get sick, we get old, our friends die and we suffer on this journey through life with many happy times in between. But as St. Paul tells us in the second reading, we bear our share of hardships for the gospel with strength that comes from God. Why? Paul continues, because God saved us and called us to a holy life, not according to our works, but according to his own design and the grace bestowed on us in Christ Jesus. And so during our journey, we're called to avail ourselves of this grace bestowed on us in Christ Jesus. It's the grace revealed in our love for each other, the least of our brothers. It's the grace of our baptism, renewed by the grace of forgiveness in the confessional. It's the grace of gathering here and participating in the liturgy of the Word and the Eucharist, whereby we join ourselves in communion with that same Christ Jesus who is the source of all grace. And our destination in this journey, it's glory. That's the whole point of the transfiguration of the gospel today. Jesus was on a journey during which he was accompanied by his disciples. And it was a difficult journey during which he faced many dangers. He was tempted, he was rejected, he was hungry, he was thirsty, and he knew his journey was to be seemingly ended by his passion and death on the cross. So he gave Peter, James, and John a preview of the destination of his journey. 
is on a mountain, symbolically a high place where man went to meet God, as Moses had done on Mount Sinai and Elijah had done on Mount Horeb. It involved the transfiguration, literally in Greek, the metamorphosis of Jesus, where his form was changed. The disciples reported later that his face shone like the sun, and the Father declared Jesus his beloved Son and told them to listen to him. In revealing this glory to Peter, James, and John, Jesus was preparing them for the unthinkable scandal they would experience in seeing him crucified. And there he told them not to be afraid. May phobiste, don't have any phobia, don't have any fear. We're here today because we've been called like Abraham, Peter, James, and John. And we're all on a journey through this life filled with great joys and also great suffering and sorrow. And we will suffer and die as Abraham, Peter, James, and John, and Jesus did. We are called to that same glory that Jesus revealed on the mountain, a metamorphosized body, changed from these mortal bodies into the pattern of the glorious body of Jesus Christ. Throughout our entire lives, we will hear news that tempts us into fear, whether of wars, violence, climate catastrophe, or the newest superbug that is bound to infect and kill us. And in the face of these threats, we do the same things that Christians have done since the first century when faced with even more immediate threats. We remember our calm. We continue our journey. We keep our eyes fixed on the glory to come. And we remember the very first words that Jesus spoke after his heavenly father had told Peter, James, and John to listen to him. The first words he spoke after that were, rise and do not be afraid. <laughs>